This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord. Good evening to you. How you doing tonight? Doing fine, Shannon. You got a little bit of voice than Dr. Hansen's giving to you today? My friend, welcome <laughs> aboard. Okay, well, it's Brother good to be here. Cart. How yeah. are you doing, my friend? Happy I, New Year to you. I'm doing good, and same, same to you. You sound great. Okay. And folks, we're honored to be here tonight with World Ministries International, and we've got Dr. E.J. Buckhart uh, with us tonight. Brother E.J., would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes. Dear Holy Father, I want to take a special time to thank Shannon Davis for the Omega Meg. Omega Man Radio Program, Lord, that reaches out and touches so many people, Lord. We get great responses back from the program, Lord. And we ask these people to be blessed when they hear the messages that will be given tonight, Lord. Now be with us, be with the camera crew here, be with the radio crew, and just sit back now, Lord. Put away all the signs and the times of the world and just sit back and listen to what the Lord has to say. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. As Shannon said, I'm Dr. E.J. Barkett. I've been with Dr. Hansen for many years. Uh, he's out of town with his family, uh, ministering out of this week out of the state, as a matter of fact. I want to welcome all those who are listening, whether it's by radio, shortwave, TV, or social media. You will now be blessed with two blessed messages. One by Apostle Dennis Moore, entitled The Throne Room Authority, and the second one by Dr. Hansen's message entitled The Unfailing Love of God. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you all to the Warning Radio Program. Also, those that are watching on social media, welcome. I have Apostolic Leader Dennis Moore out of Dallas, Texas. I know he's on his way to Montana, and he'll be in a conference there. Throne room authority, that's a subject that uh, we're going to speak a little bit about. A lot of people don't understand it. Dennis, why don't you begin? Okay. You know, when we talk about throne room authority, we're really talking about positional authority. And the Bible says that we come boldly into the throne room of grace. That's a, that's a gift that we receive when we receive our salvation. We are covered by the blood of Jesus, by his sanctifying work. We have the privilege and the honor, not just to come to the throne room, but to come in boldness. In other words, to come in confidence 
to come knowing that our Father is ready to hear what we have to say, what, what is on our heart, and it says come in that time of need. But on the other, the flip side, is we need to listen to what the Father is saying. Now, that may be an unusual concept for some people. How do I listen to what the Father is saying? Well, let me use the word perceive. We perceive our spirit can pick up a lot more than just what our natural mind can pick up. And so when we perceive that we're in the presence of God and we perceive that we're in this beautiful place called the throne room, well, it's in that place that we also are told in Ephesians that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, that may not be a sermon that you've heard lately, but it definitely is in the Word, and it tells us that we have a positional place. Not only do we have the opportunity to come boldly into the throne room of grace, but we have a positional place, which is a position of authority. When you're seated, just as Christ is seated, the Father is seated, there is an authority that God places upon His people. Now, that authority is directly tied in to the will of God, because the Bible tells us that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if we're going to be praying, and that's the prayer that God told us to pray, if we're going to be praying, then we need to know what is God's will in heaven. And so we need to be those who practice the presence of God, those who practice coming into his presence, those who practice listening to what the Father is saying, listening to what uh, the sounds of heaven are so that we can be uh, quickened in our spirit so we can move in an authority because the father will give you words to speak he will he will give you a burden he'll give you a passion he'll give you a, a word he'll give you a sense and um oftentimes i find myself in prayer i'm just praying one direction all of a sudden i feel this urgency to pray another direction i feel a clear word from the lord them to pray, maybe it's for a nation, maybe it's for a people, maybe it's for a person, but I really want to focus in on what, what the Father wants. Well, let me make a couple comments now. You've covered a lot of territory already, but, you know, as you mentioned, the will of God, that's very important, people praying according to the will of God. I know I did a, a series of messages uh, some time ago on binding and loosing, and knowing the will of God is important. You can't bind what God's not going to bind, and can't loose what God won't loose. And so knowing the will of God in praying is important. Uh, you know, people say a lack of knowledge, people Parage. You use the word perceiving. Many people don't realize their position. They don't realize, they don't perceive that they have this opportunity and this privilege to be in the throne room of God. And so I think this is a very important subject. Another thing that, uh, you know, as you were talking as you move with the Holy Spirit, as he leads you in different directions, it reminds us of a trip you and I and other pastors took some years ago, Washington, D.C. We spent six to eight hours a day praying, and it was just wonderful for people, if they were there, to watch it, to see how God moved us from one area to another through revelation. Uh, Dennis, that was quite a trip, and it goes exactly on what you're saying perceiving and moving according to the will of God. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have been given authority. For example, the Bible tells us to pray for the sick. Okay, we have an authority to pray for the sick. The Bible says that we can pray for one another. Okay, there's an authority there. But we don't have the power 
And even when Jesus ministered, it, it, the, the word tells us that the Holy Spirit was there, and I'm paraphrasing, but he was there bringing the power to, bring, to uh, manifest the will of God. So we have, one, we have the right to seek our Father, we have the right to hear from our Father, and then we have the right to work with the Holy Spirit. And we don't have the power. If we're off base, we can pray uh, maybe some crazy prayers that won't have any effect because the Holy Spirit will only endorse what the Father is is endorsing. Excellent, excellent. I know sometimes people get into real false doctrine out there because they think all of a sudden uh, they can, through their own imagination, their own inspiration, all of a sudden (laughs) speak contrary to the will of God and the Word of God. You can get into a lot of heresy, Dennis. Oh, absolutely. And this is where we have to really spend time allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse us we need to spend time in the Word. We need to spend time listening. I often tell people, don't just talk. Learn to listen. Because if all you do is talk, then how are you going to hear what the Father is saying? And yet it says that we, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if I'm going to, to live on what He is communicating, what He is saying, and I desperately need that, because how am I going to be effective in prayer if I don't know what the will of the Father is. I don't know what he's communicating. Exactly. And one of the way of listening is to know the word of God. Uh, See what God is saying through the word, because the word is always the acid test of what you're perceiving. Uh, Is it from God? Uh, If it's contrary to the known will of God through the word of God, it's not from God. Dennis? Yeah, I agree. And I think there's two things that we can focus on. One is we focus on the Word of God, and that's why we want to spend a lot of time, even um, before we pray, we want to spend time in the Word, and we want to spend time worshiping. We want to get into the atmosphere, into the atmosphere of heaven. Now, I've had people say to me, well, I've never been to heaven. Okay, you may have been there, but maybe you didn't know you were, because uh, if you've been one that's been praying and interceding, uh, you know, you're probably uh, having experiences that you're not aware of. But again, it goes back to that word perception. And what I do is I just I just say, well, Father, I'm here. I'm coming into your presence. I recognize that your word tells me I can I can come to, into your presence boldly, and I'm coming, and I'm here to hear what you have to say, because I want to align my heart and my will with your heart and your will, so that that which is the will of heaven can be done here on earth. That's good, Dennis. Um, as you were talking about heaven and people saying, I've never been there. Here's something to think about. All life comes from God. And uh, even before the egg is connected with the sperm, all life comes from God. Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If all life comes from God, just like Satan at one time lived in heaven, his rebellion got him thrown out of heaven. If all life comes from God, now this this you don't read in the word of God, but it just came to me, uh, you never know. Maybe without our understanding at one time, we were all in heaven. Yeah, there's certainly scripture to support that. And you know, the thing is that we are created by the Word of God. Everything that was ever brought into the world is it was, was by God speaking. And so whether it's a tree or anything else, it's all 
brought forth by, by the Word of God. And That's so it. there's an activation of the Word of God already in us. Yes, By the yes. very fact that we're created by the Word of God. Good. Yeah, that's good. And so how that's much good. more should we be hungry to know his word, to know his will, to know his purpose, so we can align with that? Because the Bible says that I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the only way I can truly intercede is I need to know what is the will of God in heaven. Now, the word of God reveals much of that to us, but also the Holy Spirit reveals it to us as we are in worship, as we are uh, in the presence of the Lord, uh, those things become revealed. And the thing is, you can grow in, in your understanding. You can grow in your spirit. Your spirit man can be enlarged. Physical man has a certain dimension, but the spirit man is not limited to the size of your body. And so your spirit can grow in the presence of God, and you can be receiving it. The key thing is not only to go into the presence of God to speak, to share what your need is or share what your thoughts are, but you need to be receiving from the, the Godhead. You need to be receiving the nature of God. You begin to receive the fullness of God. You need to be receive the light, the glory, the, the majesty. You just need to receive uh, the, the, the essence of who he is because it's his passion. You know, Jesus, when he went to the cross, he said, this is my body, this is my blood. When he said, take the communion, that's a partaking of Christ. That's a partaking of what he did on the cross. And so uh, the throne room experience is also a partaking experience. Yeah, that's excellent. I know that uh, I've been serving to our staff and families uh, every service once a week uh, during our main service we do, uh, the communion, you know, the flesh and the blood. Partake of my flesh and drink of my blood. Some people, uh, years ago, I know I, I used to hear people say, I don't understand that. How can you eat his flesh and drink his blood? Well, again, perceiving, partaking. We accept everything God has accomplished. We, we inhale the word of God. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God and everything God's already accomplished, everything he did, all of the sacrifice, uh, he took it on his body and uh, we get the benefits of eating his flesh and drinking his blood, uh, healing, uh, divinity, eternal life. I'll tell you what, you know, that's that's a deep, deep understanding. And, and we could do a whole program on that, eating the flesh, drinking the blood. But it goes right mm-hmm. back into what you're talking about, perceiving and realizing uh, who you are and what you can accomplish through God and moving into the throne room of God. Dennis? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the key, one of the key things here is that we need a living faith. We don't want to be stagnant. We don't want to be, well, I go to church, I read my Bible, you know, I have a little devotion time. We really want to partake. We want to go further in. We want to get more revelation. We want to get more of the, of the sense of his glory. We want, to, we want to hear the sounds of heaven. We want to see the glories of heaven. And you can see that in your spirit. It's amazing what the spirit can do. It's not limited by the, the, the body. And so we need to step out of the limitations because if we stay in the limitations, we can become religious in our thinking. We can become more focused on our doctrine than we are on the one that, or more on what we know rather than the one who, who we know. And so it's about knowing him. It's about having that, that connection or his, his nature because the Bible talks about partaking in the divine nature. Exactly. So, 
yeah, so we want to partake in that divine nature. Right, and and uh, a spirit of religion is not in the throne room of God, <laughs> so uh, no, we, we, we can't handle it. That's it right; it, it can't survive. And no. so we we've got to be intimate with the Father. Absolutely. No, that that's yeah, so so we, important. Yeah, if we don't have an awakening to the throne room, then how are we going to survive what we're dealing with today? No, that's so true. Uh, people don't understand, again, one, they don't understand who God is, and they don't understand who they are in Christ Jesus. And that just comes sheerly back to a lack of intimacy with the Father. That comes back to, again, uh, wrong priorities where we're too involved uh, with self and, and self-righteousness, self-centeredness instead of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is his will. Dennis? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when I'm, you know, you were talking about what we did in D.C., and, and I think we could do a whole teaching on that, because there's so much that took place during that time. Totally. But we saw, we saw a great shift during that time, and we don't have time to go into all the details, but one of the key purposes for us to be a throne room people is one is to get us out of this atmosphere that we're in here where we're dealing with darkness and we're dealing with all the demonic and the evil that's that's around us. And so we, we, we come out of this atmosphere and we go into a higher atmosphere, which is the atmosphere of heaven. And then we can become a quickened by the will of God, by the sense of what he wants to do and how he wants us to move, how he wants us to declare and decree, how he wants us to speak, how he wants us to take authority how he wants us to move with, with angels and with the Holy Spirit. And so one of the key things that happens is you learn that God will give you authority in the throne room to shift things, shift things in people, to shift things in your community, to shift things, you know, that you may battles that you're, you may be dealing with in your own community, uh, shift things in states and nations. Well, that's so true. The Bible goes into areas where, you know, God gives different angels responsibility and, and you get into the last days, you get into the book of Revelation, you can see the responsibilities angels have as they execute the will of God. And as we're intimate with God, uh, God has us uh, execute his will on earth. And so, again, this is a whole nother area that some people never even think about, not realizing they can be his arm to execute his will. Dennis? Yeah, I was with a missionary down in um, Panama about two years ago, and, and uh, he came to the breakfast table, and he said, I was in prayer this morning, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, do not ask me to do what I have given you authority to do. Oh, that's good. That's good. And so, go ahead. Yeah. So we have we have a, a we have authority given to us uh, clearly in the Word of God. Uh, clearly, uh, we we can uh, as we talk, we can pray for the sick. Other things we do, preach the Word. Many things that we're given authority to do, and we're get, and we can we can move on those higher levels of authority when we when we uh, are moving with the Holy Spirit. We are in the uh, hearing from the Father. Uh, fellowshipping with the Son, and, you know, that's the, the, the great privilege 
of the children of God. That is the great, great privilege. That we, we, you know, most people think, well, when are you gonna get to heaven? Okay, uh, that's nice, but what about now? You know, you know, we need to bring heaven here. We need to see the manifestation of the glory here. We need to see uh, healing signs and wonders happening here. We need to see people getting set free. We need to see chains get broken. We need to see the power of God. We need to move not in our knowledge so much, but rather in the presence and in the power of the Spirit. And so, like somebody once said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Amen. And so, yeah, and so it's all about uh, bringing the kingdom of God to the earth, and we do that by being uh, intimate with him and by learning how to get uh, past them and the resistance, because there's always going to be resistance, and you've got to press in. So you have to make a commitment. It's not, it's not just saying, well, I'll, I'll try it. No, that doesn't work. You have to say, I will do this every single day. I will, I will spend quality time. I'll spend this time with the Lord. In fact, I get up a little earlier. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to put on some deep worship music. I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to thank him that he's inviting me into his presence. And I'm going to begin to perceive and understand that I am the child of God with this incredible privilege to come boldly into the throne room of grace. That's excellent, Dennis. I know years ago, you remember when, again, people were being slaughtered in Rwanda and Burundi and six months one point three million people died in Rwanda uh, during that terrible, terrible slaughter, one tribe against the other. And um, God gave me a word for uh, Rwanda and Burundi. I had to fast forty-two days, forty-two days, to have the courage to overcome my weakness, which is the flesh, pride. Uh, self-survival. And so fasting, uh, you deny self-survival. You quit eating and you rely totally on God and his spirit, his word, his strength. And then God gave me, again, the strength to go into those countries. When I got to, I won't, uh, to cut the story short, when I got to uh, Burundi, uh, first, uh, the ambassador of the United Nations from Burundi met me and said, uh, Dr. Hansen, you should have died. You must be a man of God. Uh, you survived going through the jungles in a public bus, and, and I should have died. It was ambushed, and that's a whole other story. I believe angels appeared. People were screaming, but uh, nobody came out and killed everybody. Uh, I believe angels appeared, and I could go into that, how they have appeared and saved my life, and people saw them. But... Uh, when I was in the parliament giving a word uh, of the, what God said for Burundi, then God uh, exposed uh, sins of murder in the parliament. Sir, you shot a man in the head. You killed him. Uh, sir, you slashed a man across the face. You killed him. Uh, again, sins of murder. And then God, you know, we're talking about being used as his arm of execution, his arm of justice. And uh, God said, uh, today is a day of mercy and grace. If you'll stand and confess right now, God will forgive you. If not for each week I'm gone and you don't confess, you will one a week will die. And you'll know God sent a real prophet. Dennis, five members of the parliament stood up and confessed of murder. Now, that's being used of God in an intimate way as, as his arm of justice, his arm of execution. And I never 
had any idea of saying any of that until I got in the situation, just like in Washington, D.C., where God started to reveal things the longer we spent in his presence. Amen. You know, the Bible says that his uh, throne is founded on uh, justice and righteousness. And, you know, oftentimes uh, I meditate on his nature, his character, his attributes, who he is. You know, even righteousness and justice, which is the foundation of his throne. I mean, what a powerful concept. And so when we begin to meditate on those things, we begin to begin to worship him for those things, for, for who he is. It, it solidifies our, our confidence in him. You know, like when you went into that country, you, know, you knew your life could be taken. But you had spent that time in prayer. You spent that time seeking him. And so your spirit man was prepared for the challenges that you were going to face. And you overcame. Amen. And, and, this is, and, and this is what the Lord is calling us to do. He's calling us to overcome in this hour. He doesn't want us to be the, the tail. He wants us to be the head. He doesn't want us to be controlled. He wants us to be the ones who control. He doesn't want us to be uh, pushed down. He wants us to be lifted up. That's right. And so this is why we, you know, I was was listening to a a podcast this morning and uh, a world-renowned psychologist, Charlie Harvard, was talking and he said, and he's become a Christian and he was saying, you know, the, um, the thing that I find everywhere I go around the world where I share is people are desperate for hope. People are desperate for a good word. And there's no, there's no greater hope than being in God's presence. That's right. There's no, there's no greater hope than, than knowing that you're, you're, you're prepared for every battle you have to face. You have an anointing for everything you have to, to deal with, for every struggle, for every, for every um, issue. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program. You're watching it on social media. Apostolic leader Dennis Moore out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, He'll be leaving uh, actually tomorrow for Montana for a conference. But uh, once again, you can move into the throne room of God. He made a comment how uh, earlier a missionary said, you know, God's not going to do what he's already commanded you to do. In other words, God's not going to come out of heaven to save your nation or any nation. He gave us that responsibility to be salt and light, to make disciples of the nations, to put the right people into office for righteousness. We have a responsibility to exercise the will of God, to be his ambassadors, to see justice done in our nation, in every nation of the earth. Go to www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. Subscribe to it so we can fill the stadiums in every nation and bring that nation back under the authority of God so we can see another Pentecost, so we can stop our nation from falling from evil men and judgment. May God richly bless you. This is Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching on our warning television program. Also, those that are listening on Warning Radio, Shortwave, or different social media platforms that we're on, welcome. We're in our college campus here at World Ministries International. It is a live audience. I'm speaking today on the unfailing love of God. The unfailing love of God. 
The continual unfailing love of God, the Father, manifested through Jesus Christ the Son and revealed through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, documented in the written Word of God. This chapter, Psalm 107, 1 through 43, reveals a constant mercy of God to forgive, to protect, to heal, deliver, and restore all those who call upon his name. Again, the unfailing love of God. People's love is conditional. God's love is not. He's always there for you to call upon him no matter what type of situation you find yourself in. Truly, there is no greater friend a person can have than our Savior who even laid down his life for you and for me. There are 78 Bible verses talking about how God promised never to leave us or forsake us. I'm going to read just a few. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Many people have brothers and sisters. And usually they can be close. Yet none compared to the faithfulness of God. Even close siblings get married and carry on with their lives and are not available to always be with you or talk to you or respond to your quest or needs. Some are even evil, showing no love, but instead judging and rejecting you. They don't know the love of God, even though they might proclaim it or they might try to preach it. They don't understand the love of God. Deuteronomy 4.31, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you, neither destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore unto you. God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is part of our covenant, part of the promises to you and I, that he'll never leave us or forsake us. Yes, we can walk away from him, but he is always there. He's always there to restore. The only time it's too late is when the spirit leaves the body. And then comes judgment. 1 Chronicles 28, 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God, will be with you. He will not fail you, not forsake you, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the Lord. He will not leave you. God promised that to David. He promised it to Solomon. He promised it to Moses. He promised it to Joshua. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elijah, Elisha. He's promised it to you and me. Joshua 1.5. There should not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll not fail you. I will not forsake you. Moses learned the love of God. He didn't understand it for a long time. It took him 40 years in the wilderness to get to a point of understanding it enough to obey him and go back to Egypt. The love of God that will protect, that will save 
that will be with him no matter what trial, no matter what situation. The love of God that will be with him when he's facing death like he did when he faced Pharaoh. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We know Jesus made those statements to his disciples, his followers, as he was ascending to heaven. I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. He's with us today if you have the Holy Spirit in you, the comforter. He walks with you like he walked on earth with the disciples. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's examine this beautiful chapter of Psalm 107. You'll notice the wonderful unconditional love of God is all through this chapter. Each one of the 43 verses. Some people have called it a love chapter or the love feast. You'll take notice as we read the first type of believer in verses 4 through 5 deal with people in trouble, people starving. The second type of believer in trouble in verses 10 through 16 are people who are in sin due to disobedience to the word of God. The third type of believer described in verses 17 to 20 are in trouble. The Bible says is a fool and is a person who lacks good judgment and common sense. This person gets into trouble because of their silly, bad choices in life, choices in sin. The fourth type of believer in trouble is overcome by unexpected storms in life in verses 23 through 30. Also, Psalm 106, verse 44. Four types of believers in trouble. We all go through trouble. We all go through deep waters. Some seemingly deeper than others. Some by our own choices in life. Bad choices that we just read. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now just listen. We're reading these verses. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Again, Psalm 107, the love chapter. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. You know, some people are conditional. If you violate them, disappoint them too many times, they reject you forever. God does not. As long as your spirit doesn't leave the body and you face heaven or hell, he's there to receive you back. His mercy endureth forever. It's never too late. With people, it's too late. Oh, if you don't meet their recommendations. But with God, it is not too late ever. He's not a person in the form of humanity that is tempted with his own pride and prejudice and selfishness. Pride is what causes us to put conditions to people. Our arrogance, our pride, our self-righteousness. And we don't even see the, the Bible says, the beam in our own eye. How messed up we are. 
They wandered in the wilderness in solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted. Now we're talking about in verse 4 and 5, verses 4 and 5, the type of believer in trouble from starving. And we're talking about two methods of starvation, physical and spiritual. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Multitudes of Christians starve for true spiritual words, words from the Lord, and they can't find it in so many churches that have now twisted the word of God, conformed with society. They're looking for truth. They hunger, they thirst for righteousness sake. Well, the answer is they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distress. He will lead you. He will guide you. You can find a good church. Yes, Jesus said, when I, before I return, will I find faith? There's such a distortion, pollution, compromising of the word of God. Lying of the word of God. Accepting what God has already condemned and will bring judgment. He led them forth by the way that they might go into a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works through the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul, he filled the hungry soul, will, mind, and emotions. You know, the soul, body, will, mind, emotions, with goodness. He can transform our mind. How? With the word of God. Can take away, you know, what I have heard described by some people as stinking thinking. Bad thinking that does nothing but get us in trouble. He can transform our mind or how we think is positive, how we think is godly. And God leads you into salvation. He leads you into prosperity, into victory with a new life. These people knew the fullness of God at one time, but now they're in a solitary wilderness, wandering alone and unable to find a city. As they wandered in the wilderness, he provided them food as they cried upon the Lord. They cried upon the Lord, and he provided water out of a rock. He provided manna. But they cried on the Lord. That's the key. Do we actually turn to God or turn to ourselves, and we continually go into the same rut, the same block, the same nosebleed? Do we rely on ourselves, or do we finally rely on the Lord? Verse 10, such as sit in darkness in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction in iron. That's describing the second type of believer. Again, the first type of believer, starvation, physical and spiritual. Some pastors and congregations spiritually have no interest in righteousness, the will of God. Half of the churches are under the mainline churches, a Marxist communist covering that accepts sin and homosexuality, abortion. And that's why many politicians attend, especially the liberal ones. They want to twist the word of God. Others, critically minded, the least imperfection they find drives them away. There is nobody perfect, no, not one. Flaws are something. Innocent mistakes are something that the grace of God is supposed to cover a multitude of sins. It should mean nothing. Can we have unfailing love? God does. 
That's the reason it says he's closer than a brother, closer than a sister. Your brothers, your sisters, some people's mother and father, some people's sons and daughters. Try to be judge and jury. When the Bible is so clear, honor your father that your days may be long. Honor your parents. If you can't honor them, you don't honor God. And you're in such self-righteousness, you can't see yourself because of your imperfections, because of your vanity, because of your pride. And what you don't understand is what you sow, you reap, and you're going to have messed up children. Without regular fellowship with a true body of believers, any Christian can end up cold leaving their first love. That's why we must find a good church. If you're watching and you can't find one, watch this program. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Seven days a week I'm on. Radio 12. We're also on television. We're also on 40 different podcasts, forms of media, Roku, Rumble, some YouTube. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. We also send out two pastoral articles every month to encourage you, strengthen you, build you up in the faith. Give warning what's about to happen so you can prepare for it and not be blindsided and become a victim. The answer, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Again, let's get back to point number two. Point number two are people who are in sin due to disobedience to the word of God. Those who sat in darkness, in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they reject the word of God. Their own choices. Our choices determine our daily choices. I've put it on the thought of the day. Our daily choices determine tomorrow's victories or failures. What do you become? Who do you become? I had a grandson who had the the wisdom who recently made a change of address from one state to another because he was in a rut and going nowhere and he could see it. He got involved with some bad habits. He said, I had to get out of there. I had to make a choice. And now he's doing extremely good. Our choices today determine our future tomorrow. Many people have sat under godly convicting preaching. The spirit strove with them, but still they willfully sinned. Now we're back in the clutches of old habits. I'm so proud of my grandson. He got out of there and got rid of some bad habits. I'm not saying anything he hasn't said. He hasn't said, he has said it. Even on radio. When a person sins willfully, disobeying the word of God, he has a tendency to hide, to cover in, cower in fear and wallow in misery. He thinks it's all over, that God can't use him. When you're in that kind of situation, the devil will whisper to you, there is no hope for you. You're one of those people that will never change. Your sin has forced God to hide his face from you. What a lie. This message is on the unfailing love of God that never gives up on you. You have to give up on God because he will not give up on you. You can cry back to the Lord and he'll restore, he'll heal, he'll deliver, he'll protect, he'll give you a successful future. They cry to the Lord there in their trouble. He saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. He broke their chains to pieces. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men, 
for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. God never has, never will hide his face from those that cry unto him. He never has, he never will. People will. Sons and daughters might. Parents might. Friends might. But God will not. Thank God he's not like people. Arrogant, self-righteous people that want to pretend they're a judge. The Bible says clearly, judge yourself lest you be condemned. They cry to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them. It doesn't matter how far a person fallen, how many promises to God you've made or broken, he is always there. God is always there. It doesn't matter how many times you've broken your promises to God. I mean, that's the kind of friend I want. He will receive me no matter what. I want that type of friend. And you've got one in Jesus Christ. Point number three, a friend, a believer in trouble is called a fool, the third type, because he lacks good judgment and common sense. This person gets into trouble by their choices constantly. It says fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their choices cause their affliction. Their soul abhors all manner of meat, and they draw near to the gates of death. Their choices are killing them. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Wow. I'll tell you what. Many Christians are paying a high price for their past acts of foolishness. Some have spent a night in adultery. Some have contracted from one night HIV. Some are sinking into financial holes because of their foolish spending. Others are locked in terrible marriages because they rushed into it foolishly when God never wanted them to marry that person. They look to the person as their salvation instead of the Lord. And now they're in a bad marriage. The despair of many Christians is unspeakable. They feel helpless on the verge of giving up. One man wrote to me, I feel like my life is over. There's nothing I can do. I just look forward to death. These are tragic words. They reflect the psalmist's description of this type of despair. They drew near to the gates of death. But God has an answer. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. God always has a future for you. He always has a way of escape. We just have to cry unto the Lord, call unto him, follow him. And the fourth type of believer in trouble is someone swamped by an unexpected storm in life. Sometimes things just come our way and blindside us. This life is filled with joy, but it's filled with a lot of pain. Out of nowhere, we can seemingly have lived a good life and we're struck down with some terminal disease out of nowhere. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises a stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. 
They mount up to the heavens. They go down upon the depths. Their soul melts because of the trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like drunken men and are at their wit's end. Many times business people, career people, are like seamen in ships. The great waters signify the big world of competition, an ocean of activity. Suddenly a storm breaks out beyond their control, threatening to swallow their boat. Maybe they had a, everything lined up and boom, the stock market crashed and they went from millionaire, multimillionaire to poverty. They lost everything, including their real estate. Their soul melts because of the trouble they're in. In the Great Depression, a lot of multi-million and billionaires committed suicide when they lost everything overnight. They didn't cry upon the Lord. Everything was in themselves. Their happiness was in this life. They did not have the Lord to sustain them. My whole life is geared to serving the Lord, extending the kingdom of God. They're at their wits end. 107.27 They can't sleep at night for worrying, trying to reason their way out of their trouble. God alone can calm their storm. Some people, all of a sudden, a disease comes upon them, a fatal disease. Without a miracle, they're going to die. Storms come our way. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him in the congregation of the people. Praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth rivers into wilderness and the water springs into dry ground. The Lord can bring poverty. The war Lord can bring prosperity. The Lord can bring healing. The Lord can go in the middle of this storm like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who did not fear death. They were ready to be in the presence of God, yet God delivered them out of certain death. Because they cried on the Lord, they knew the Lord, they trusted in God. A fruitful land in the barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turns the wilderness into standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he makes the hungry to dwell, that they might prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields and plant the vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blessed them also so that they may multiply greatly and suffered not their cattle to decrease. Again, they ministered and brought low their through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princesses and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way of escape. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all their iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoever is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Psalm 106.44, Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. When he heard their cry, no matter what, he was there to deliver, there to save, there to give a future, there to heal dare to make one prosper. The love of God is so beautiful and wonderful that literally it's the answer for the world today to have peace. No matter what a person is going through or facing, to know that God is there waiting for you to call on his name and crawl into his arms, he will see you through every trial this life can give you. He is there. He is there. 
I've had so many people on my programs literally in total despair, and God delivered them. One man from a cocaine habit, $20,000 a month for 20 years, instantly delivered. God bless you. Shannon? Praise the Lord. Folks, we're live tonight with Dr. E.J. Buckhart and World Ministries International. Brother E.J., that was a powerful word tonight. Amen. I will continue to testify that I'm here tonight because of World Ministries International. Sowing the word of God into my spirit as I listened to your podcast way back then, before <laughs> podcast even became a common word. Y'all were broadcasting on Soundwaves 2000, the uh, daily 15-minute warning program, and I heard it. Uh, way out in the boondocks of Alaska, all I could get out there was internet. No radio. <laughs> And uh, I found your podcast. World Ministries International truly is a pioneer in podcasting. That was 2001, 22 years ago. And I had an opportunity one time to travel up to Stanwood, got to meet Brother EJ, Dr. Hansen. I have been following you in your ministry for over 20 years. And just like tonight, it continues to feed my soul. This is a ministry that I encourage everybody not only to tune into, but also to support. Brother EJ, how can people be a partner with World Ministries International? Okay, there's different ways to do it. The best way is go to our website, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. Anybody that's familiar with uh, computers, uh, you can find all the messages that we have given over the years. And another way, if you want to reach us, you can always go to our web or email address, which is warning, W-A-R-N-I-N-G, at worldministries.org. And also on the website, always go to Eagle Saving Nations, because that is something the Lord has given Dr. Hansen. And we want to return this nation back to biblical principles. And uh, you can also telephone our office at 360-629-5248. And normally that's during the hours of 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock Pacific time. That's 360-629-5248. And if you want to send a check to us, you can always write it to World Ministries International at P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292, and just write WMI on the check. And we'll thank you, and we'll be blessed because of what you do. And Shannon, I want to say one thing. You have been an extremely help to us on the media, getting all of this done so we can do this social media technology, Lord. And I also say, Shannon, you know, I've got something on you because I get to live with Dr. Hansen every day, and you do not. And so I've been extremely blessed. I've been in about 24 years. But uh, we appreciate you, Shannon. You have a blessing not only to us, but you've been a blessing to so many people around the world because of your radio program, Omega Man Radio. I want to thank you and ask for blessings upon you. Well, I, I, I received that. And praise the Lord Jesus. It's an honor to partner with you, Dr. Hansen, and all of World Ministries International. And uh, love you all very much. Thank you for coming on tonight, and uh, we'll see you again soon, Dr. E.J. Okay. Have a great weekend. Blessings. You too. God Amen. bless you all. This is Dr. Hansen. I hope you've truly enjoyed today's shortwave radio program. I'm going to now play 
the science of judgment so you know what's in the chapters. Please order my book, The Science of Judgment. We're at that point where judgment is going to fall and is falling. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.